All right, I'll start with a joke. This one didn't get a single laugh out of Caroline. On the way home, I told Caroline this joke, and afterward, there was no giggling, no smiling. It was just blank canvas. I said, so I go into a shop, and I ask for a Polish sausage. And the guy says, why are you Polish? And I said, really, that's what we're doing? You think I'm Polish? You're going to jump to the assumption that I'm Polish because I order a Polish sausage. What if I ordered a taco? Would you assume I'm Mexican? What if I ordered a pizza? Would you assume I'm Italian? Huh? What, 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 if, what if I order sauerkraut? Are you going to say, oh, are you German? Huh? You know, what if I order pho? Would you say, oh, he's, he's, he's Thai? Right? Come on. What if I order sushi? I says, if I order sushi, you're going to say, oh, are you Japanese? I mean, that is just silly, dude. I said, let me help you out. Let me help you out. Make you a better person. Stop jumping to conclusions. And he says, well, first of all, there's a hardware store. I got nothing from Caroline. I said, okay, fine, I'll I'll tell you a joke that's maybe more age-appropriate. Two fellas sitting on a park bench, and they're just watching people walk past. This guy walks past, got a limp. They go, hey, what happened to you? He goes, got it in the war. A little while later, this guy has his arm in a sling, walking the other direction. Happened to you, buddy? Ah, got in the war. And then a little while later, I walk past, you know, and I'm just doing this with my finger. And they say, did you get that in the war too? And I said, nah, I found it in my nose, trying to figure out where to put it. (laughs) Caroline laughed at that one. You know, she likes the booger joke, okay. All right. I am still adrenalined up from that last song. I'm just not sure. Am I allowed to use distorted guitar in church? You know what I mean? So I'm looking around like, is this allowed in here? Is this all right? So on Wednesday night, I asked, again, I'm repeating myself. I asked the question, help me fix or help me complete this, this healing series because the whole point of it, it to me is... We are the body of Christ, right? Ministry is not done. Ephesians chapter 4, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers are not there to do ministry. Leaders are not there to serve the churches. It's not spiritual people serving unspiritual people. But rather, leaders, according to Ephesians chapter 4, are to train regular saints for, to be spiritual people in a secular world. And so I'm trying to, I'm asking the question, guys, help, help me figure out how to make us, help, help, not make, but you know what I mean, help us own that Jesus said, give away the kingdom. It's your job to give away the kingdom. You represent me. Lay hands on the sick, tell people about my, the hope you have in me. So Linda says, the word, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. Every regular saint needs to be in their Bible, Tim, so that at 3 a.m. when the fear hits, when the panic hits, tell me if I'm getting this right, when the emotions overwhelm you and things don't look like it's going to work, you stand on something sure, not your feelings, not your thinkings, not even your experiences, but 
God's truth, God's character. So she said, I think a great question to ask somebody when, when they say, can you pray for me, is to say, what scripture are you standing on? What scripture are you holding on to relative to this issue that we're about to pray about? And make that scripture your, your, sort of your foundation as you stand in faith and wait for God to move. And by wait, you know I don't mean passively. And then I said, that's awesome. I would add a second follow-up question besides what scripture are you standing on? I said, additionally, who's standing with you? Who is standing with you? Jesus said, if two or, two or three of you agree as touching anything on earth, you have it. There's something really powerful about having that, that agreement. And I don't just mean in terms of our spiritual authority. I mean emotionally. Jesus sent people out two by two on purpose. There's wisdom in this. When, like, even in the army, if they send out a sniper on a solo mission, he's not alone. He's got a spotter. Did you know that? Because soldiers sent out on solo missions usually don't come back. Two by two. So my, me standing here with faith in Jesus talking to you today is because mom had a friend named Ginger. And mom and Ginger met in the morning what, once a week. And they interceded and prayed. And they stood on a passage from Jeremiah that says, Your sons and daughters will return to the Lord, weeping. Amen. And mom just stood on that Jeremiah passage. I'm here because she stood on the word, like Linda said, and had someone else agree with her as her partner in the thing. And they didn't just, hey, been praying for you. No, they got together and prayed. Amen. An hour. They prayed an hour. Interesting. Is that an accurate representation, Linda, of, of, it's not all of what you said, but it's a good chunk of it. You said more. Carolyn Biggs said, sometimes we make a little too much over what level of faith we have. She said, well, she went out in the parking lot on a cold day, and it was so cold out there she didn't even want to pray with the lady. The lady asked her to pray, and she wasn't in the mood to pray, and she didn't have any faith to pray, and she mumbled a very short prayer that felt powerless. And then she got a, was it a text or a call? The next time she came back and said, my cancer screen is clean. And Carolyn's like, oh my word, I'm glad I prayed, even though I didn't feel it. And it wasn't even a spiritual prayer. It was just a sentence. Kim said, a lot, Kim said a lot. She talked about the keys of the kingdom. I'd never thought about this before. Jesus in Matthew 16 says, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. And she said, basically, it's important for us to figure out what keys Jesus has given us. And the Lord started to unpack to Kim specific keys of the kingdom that enable her to see God's will done on earth. And Talk to her if you want more of the detailed story. But when she was talking, when you were talking, I was picturing this jan set of janitor's keys. You know how the janitors at school, they got this, uh, what's it called? A carabiner full of keys. And they jangle everywhere they go. Because every single closet, every single classroom, every single door, they have to have the key to, ha to have the access. 
And it never occurred to me before that when Jesus said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom, that that means there's many keys and that maybe we should explore what those are. That, that just didn't occur to me. Seems silly now in retrospect. So she said a few of the keys the father's unpacking to her was one was just prayer. And then she said, teach me how to pray then, God. And he said, our father. And she's like, oh, yeah, yes. You talked about thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with thanks. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That that's a key. Thankfulness and praise is a key. Worship is a key. Fasting is a key. And then Kim talked about 3 a.m. when the enemy speaking to her saying, God's holding out on you. It's not happening and it's not going to happen. And coming back with Romans 8, Jesus gave, God the Father gave me Jesus. How will he possibly withhold anything from me? This is a lie. This is not the character of my father. He's not withholding good things from, the, from his kids. Are you guys doing okay? Yeah. Okay. Then Cheryl said, don't just tell the testimonies of the healings and the victories and the wins. Don't just tell the, 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 the good testimonies. Cheryl said, tell the testimonies of when you tried and it didn't work. Tell the testimonies of when you fell down and got hurt. Tell the testimonies of when you took a risk and you got your feelings hurt and now you still don't quite know what to make of it. Paint an accurate picture. There's something about that that smells right to me. Uh, otherwise, otherwise, we're, we're describing a, a false picture of what faith is like and it's more likely to help other people get, disillu- get disillusioned and disappointed with God. Your Bible doesn't pull punches, does it? I remember writing a whole, pa- a whole sermon, really, but a whole research paper on the story in the Old Testament where God's ark is stolen. And the news comes that Phineas' kids have died. Phineas, the priest, has fallen down, and he's fallen off his chair. He's really overweight, and he falls backwards, and he dies. The ark is stolen. And when the messenger comes to one of the wives of the priest that just died, she's giving birth, and the messenger says the ark has been stolen. The ark of God has been, that's their throne of God on planet Earth, has been stolen. They say, what are you going to name this boy? And she said, Ichavod, the glory has departed. No glory. And your Bible's full of that kind of stuff. Your Bible doesn't go, let's hide the sins of the kings. Let's hide the times when it hurt. It doesn't do that. Now we know that's not the end of that story. The glory causes real problems in Dagon's temple. Dagon it! But Cheryl said, don't just tell the, the victories, tell the struggles. And I thought of Hebrews 11 that says, by faith... All of these saints that lived before us were commended by God. It was their faith. And then he goes on to say, some of them shut the mouths of lion. I just read that story yesterday with Daniel. Amazing. Some of them conquered kingdoms. Some of them received their dead back, like the widow who hosted the prophet in the upper room. But others were sawn in two. Others lived in caves. Others were destitute. And the world was not worthy of them. But all of these were commended for their faith. That makes me happy. Yes, Wu is right. 
Because if we can paint, like Cheryl's saying, let's tell a whole story. Let's have the testimonies not be, you know, like we, Rick and I were talking, what is a testimony? What counts as a testimony? Does it have to be some sort of like, I pulled it, like Joel, Joel has crazy testimonies. I pulled that lady out of the wheelchair and I'm like, wow. But he also had a heart attack and had surgery. Those are both testimonies. And he'll tell you both. It's not one or the other. In ministry school, uh, supernatural ministry school, I heard a teacher say the first assignment they give the kids when they're trying to hear God's voice is to prophesy the social security number of the person next to them. It's supposed to, they're supposed to fail. The point of the exercise is that they fail so that they experience what it's like to fail in a grace culture. I want to acknowledge something. As a dad, I still react to my children's moral failings in a way that's unlike God in terms of the big picture, in terms of patience, in terms of peace. I often let my worry create anger and judgment. So when I hear that story, that they give them an assignment so that they'll fail so they can experience how different it is to fail in a culture of grace, I am convicted, challenged, you know, does that not, maybe I'm alone, but I mean, dang. But they did have a guy get the social security number right one time and annoy everyone. It's like, are you serious? You're supposed to get it wrong. And he's like, well, I heard and I got it. Isn't that hilarious? Like, I don't know, capital P profit on that one. But Cheryl's point, or at least Cheryl's point, was tell the whole story. And I, I, again, I, I think the reason I'm telling you that supernatural ministry school thing is we need to celebrate faith more than we celebrate winning. Being faithful in the battle is what God celebrates. Sometimes we pay a high price to obey Jesus. Sometimes he rescues us out of the mouth. I love that. I know I just read it yesterday, so it's in my head. But they say to, they say to the king, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they go, you can throw us in the fire. Oh, no, it was three days ago, whatever. You can throw us in the fire. Our God can rescue us, but even if he doesn't, we ain't going to do nothing but worship our God. I love that. That's faith. That's faith. You can kill me. I won't back down. I'm not backing down. This changes nothing about God. I'm going to pray for this miracle. I want this miracle. If I don't get this miracle, I'm still going to walk with Jesus. Period. And if they died, that story would have been in the Bible. Mark, Mark said, uh, Mark Smith, he said, actually, he just sent me a whole bunch of texts this morning and said, when we don't know our identity in Christ, we're probably not going to pray for people in public, share Jesus with people in public, take as many risks in public. If we have a small view of ourself, we won't see that we carry the king. And he said a lot more than that. He had a lot of texts. And I was like, I can't do that whole thing, but I can, say, I can summarize Mark also is the guy who one time said his goal was to pray for a thousand people in a month in public. And I was like, I think you should go, you go right ahead, but I am not setting that goal. A thousand people. I don't even want to talk to a thousand people in a month. I'm very comfortable with less than a hundred, but... (laughs) 
If you have grace for ten people and you talk to a thousand, maybe you'll sin. Anyway, Carl had some interesting observations too. How am I doing on time? Ah, uh, you know. Carl had some observations. He said, how's come Jesus batted a thousand? Huh? Everyone Jesus prayed for got healed. It's everywhere in your Gospels. And all who touched him were healed. And Jesus prayed for, and all the sick who were brought to him were healed. And in that town, Jesus healed all of their sick and, and exercised all the demons. It was all, 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 all. And even in, the, in his hometown, when there was great unbelief and offense, he still healed a few. House come, on a good day we heal a few, and on a bad day we heal none. But on Jesus, on a bad day he healed a few, and on a normal day he healed all. How come he's batting a thousand and on a good day we bat a hundred? It's confusing. Am I, am I representing this correctly? Yeah. And it's not just miracles, by the way. It's other things like patience and kindness and love and forgiveness and hope. How's come? It's really, it could, if I took it wrong, Carl, I could say you, you, you need to get some sunlight and, and, and eat some happy, have fun. But, but I didn't take it as depression. I took it as an honest question. Why is the gap between my fruit and Jesus' fruit so wide? And not just my, our, the church of Jesus. I don't have the answer to that, but I, I agree. I agree with the question. And then, Carl, you, asked other, you had other observations, and you said, why, why the emphasis so much on the physical healings? Isn't the biggest miracle of all the healing of the Spirit, which is salvation? Yes. And then after that, isn't emotional, relational healing of the soul even more important than the body? Yes. But the body matters too. Yes. And I think your, your point there was probably not to say, let's not pray for the sick. Duh. But rather, can we keep these three in the right order in terms of our emphasis? Right? Let me read a a scripture here on that theme. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So healing is for the whole person. Healing is for the whole person. The gospel is healing. By his stripes we are healed is actually not limited to the body or even primarily about the body. It's actually primarily about us returning home as lost sheep, isn't it? Secondarily, it's about the physical body, but primarily, it's about the person being healed, restored. So let's keep these things in a kind of a, I hate the word balance. I hate the word balance. Do you guys hate the word balance? Balance seems like what people who are not in love try to say. People who are in love are imbalanced. That's all I'm trying to say. You talk to a teenager who's got puppy love about balance. They don't got balance. You talk to someone who's in love with Jesus about calming down and finding balance. They're not going to do it. They're going to find obedience, but they're not going to find balance. And it's going to be healthier because of that. That's enough. More points from Carl. 
Isn't living, this was another question Carl asked, isn't living out the Sermon on the Mount just as important as doing the stuff? Because last time I said John Wimber was like reading in his New Testament and, and he's like, preacher, when are we going to do the stuff? And the preacher was like, no, we don't do the stuff. Jesus did the stuff. Our job is to study the stuff and believe that he did the stuff. John's like, that don't seem right. Have you ever asked that? Is Sermon on the Mount character not maybe more important than supernatural miracles? Can you imagine if you had the miracles without the character? What would Jesus call you? A wolf in sheep's clothing. Who just, who just bad? <laughs> Rick. <laughs> you know what's weird though, Carl? When I first came here and started saying, hey guys, let's go after the supernatural, people said, if you have miracles, you are a false prophet. It was like they identified the wolves by their wool. Weird. Just saying, that seems broken. Stan had some points too. Stan just wanted to plant a flag and say, okay, so I don't have good eyesight. What if I go blind? What's going to happen then? What, like Job's wife, curse God and die? No. I'm, I want to see, but if it doesn't happen, it changes nothing. Stan says, uh, if I go blind, I'm going to need a little more help from other people, but it changes nothing. I'm not going to go on a long you know, teaching of this right now, but I do want to read something from Galatians 4. Paul says this in Galatians 4, 13 through 15. He says to the Galatians, as you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. Well, that's interesting. It was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you didn't treat me with contempt or scorn. Indeed, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. I can testify that if you could have, you would have torn out your very eyes and given them to me. And I got friends that are so committed to the idea that Paul had faith, therefore he was never sick, that they'll, they'll interpret that. Ah, this, it was a metaphor. It was, you know, it, was, it, didn't, it doesn't mean what it, what it clearly means. And I'm like, no, 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 there's nothing wrong with saying he stopped there because he was sick, but because he was a victorious man of faith, it didn't stop him from preaching the gospel. And the crazy thing is, if you look at Galatians 3, miracles happened through the hands of a sick man. Healings happened through the hands of someone who needed healing because it didn't define him. Faith is mysterious. And so Stan's basically saying what I see in Paul. I'm praying for a miracle. If I don't get it, it doesn't define me. It doesn't define God. It changes nothing about my walk or my calling. It's not going to stop me from laying hands on others. I don't, just because I don't have the answer doesn't mean I don't trust God to be good. Okay. 
Are you guys doing okay? Is it hot in here? So it's me. Now you got a hoodie on. There you go. I see kids going home from school in the summertime. It's like 90 degrees, and they got their hoodie up. Don't even have a grid for this. Okay, guys, let's transition to some praying. I, I don't know how to organize today's time. Stan, do you have any, any wisdom on how to organize today? All right, come here. You got me? Yeah. All right, I'll hold your mic for you. Ah, you got it. I trust you. So um, it's funny that Tim asked that because, because during worship, the Lord um, gave me something. So what, what I want to happen is I want three people to get together and, and pray for, for healing, something that, you know, you may have for healing. But I, what I want to do before we do that is if there's anybody in here that needs healing for, for anything. And I'm just going to name off a couple of things because I feel like, and then I want you to get in the group and pray about these things. So um, one is um, for, for physical, uh, if anybody's got anything going on with their, with their ankle or their hip or their shoulders. Um, uh, the other one is cancer. The Lord really, really, really hit, hit me with that uh, during worship. And, um, and if anybody just needs, you know, like spiritual healing, you know. Um, so what I want, you know, you to do and get, what I, want, I want you to get in, in some circles that you're not um, comfortable, like not comfortable with. It's not people that you normally get in a circle with. Um, so, and, and pray and and we're going to pray for, for, for a little bit, and then, and, then, and, then, and then we'll, and I'll let you know when, when, when we're ready to close, to close out. Is that, is that cool? You cool with that, Tim? And I'll take healing if somebody wants to come pray for my eyes, by the way, just to let you know. All right, the rest of you can, uh, the rest of you can huddle up in groups of three. Make sure whoever's, got, whoever's standing has people praying for them. I'm not going to point to individuals like like I'm tempted to and say go over there and pray for that person you're adults most of you and I'm not going to do a timer or anything I'm just going to say go just love on them while y'all are forming up I'm going to pray a generalized prayer Holy Spirit come we trust you God Holy Spirit come Bless your people, God. Bless your people, God. Bless your people, Father. Bless your people. Father, we thank you for your love. Let your energies flow. Let your peace, let your peace reign. Let your peace touch every heart in Jesus' name. Your peace. Your peace, God.
Increase your presence, Father. Thanks for being a safe place, God. Thanks for being a safe place, God, we can turn to. So we, so I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that, that every person that leaves this building, God, that you would just touch their hearts and touch their spirits and touch their minds and just be with them And uh, in the name of Jesus. When everybody's done praying, there's just, we're not even going to set a time limit. When you're done, just be done and, and you're all free to go. So in Jesus' name, amen.